It's the casual boys. And boy, are we just so casual today. I'm your host, Allergy Man. And I'm joined by my good buddy, Big Wig Hook Man. How's it, how's it going, Big Wig? Oh, hey, sorry about that. I'm just, my, my, my Snapchat's been blowing up lately. I, I've started uh, selling makeup through there, too. I'm really trying to get all these games. You're it's, really on, on your hustle and grind. I it's, like it. Um, it's, it's like Hook Bedazzlers. So anyone else out there with hook hands, if you need something just to flash up your life, make people think you're not so scary, I got bedazzlers for you. They make them very shiny. So yeah, I sorry, I've been I've been wrapped up in this lately. Bedazzling but. your hooks, kind of a an unorthodox casual episode today. It's just me and Eugene. Ben had to uh, return to Iowa for a few days, so uh, Eugene and I decided, well, let's find something to watch on Netflix, and then talk about it for a little bit. Not that our show is any sort of uh, formal process to begin with, but we're extra informal today. Since Ben had uh, left us in the dust for our own, uh, to, for us to do whatever we to wanted. To fend for ourselves. Yes, to fend for ourselves. Alone in the wilderness. We decided to check out the wonderful catalog of horror movies on Netflix, I think everyone, or at least everyone's cousin, has Netflix, and they use that account. I'm pretty sure there's only, like, ten people who actually pay for Netflix, and then everyone else has just, like, been using that. Right. But there's so many things that are on there, originals, and also the kind of stuff that you would find uh, in your video on demands and... uh in the early days, or in your blockbusters, but Netflix is uh, is the new blockbuster, so you can find all kinds of goodies, and we decided to take a dive, and boy, did we find a something. Yeah, well, I mean, a few days ago, somebody told me that I should check out this Netflix movie, uh, Man Versus, and uh, when we were scrolling through, we saw it, and we are like, oh yeah, okay, let's watch that. Somebody had recommended it to me. Well, we we watched it, and it was a movie. <laughs> and that's our show, folks. Hey, there you go. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Uh, yeah, this is... This movie is very strange to me, because there were things about it that I really liked a lot, but I don't think I can recommend it overall. Uh, so there were things that I liked... It tried to set up things to catch your interest or to try and elevate it from movies with a similar premise, but unfortunately, this is a movie that uh, doesn't know how to stick it, and uh, I feel uh, it fails on a lot of its uh, its marks. So it's I, uh, I feel this is one of those movies where I feel like there's a good movie trapped inside a very mediocre movie. Right. I Something. think with I think with some serious cuts, you could make a, a good shorter film out of what there is here. I'd say two more drafts. One more draft, maybe, but certainly. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking like I'm talking serious cuts, yeah. like big parts of the movie. Uh, but basically, the premise of this film, based on the title "Man Versus," is a guy 
who has one of his own uh, survival reality shows in the vein of Man vs. Wild or... uh, I guess more accurately in this case, Survivor, Survivor Man. Man. Right. Which... I I never watched Survivor Man, but I know you said you did. Eugene, yes, I watched Survivor that. Man, which I was a huge fan of the show when it started around the same time as Man vs Wild. So of course you got to have two sides to anything, so you can you can fanboy up. And Survivor Man, how it differed from Man vs Wild, the the guy in it. He would be left alone, whereas um, Bear Grylls had a crew with him. But this guy, Les Stroud, would be by himself for a week, and he was just left to fend for himself. And the character in this film does the same thing. Even Doug though, Woods. Right. The, I forgot what the 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 show was called. but um, I think it was just called Woods Versus. Woods Versus, right. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that's what was on the, uh, on the side of the RV. Yes, yeah, the the fancy RV, and it it seems like it, it's some. They say that they've been on their third season, but they're not exactly popular. That they're still trying to find their footing and um, to get the exposure that they need. So this ad, this expedition that they're going on next, which will be up in the uh, the the woods of Ontario. I yes, say. yes. Um, this is this the is wild a, Canadian North. As um, what is the um, what's what's the main character's name? He's played by Chris Diamantopoulos. Di- Diamantopoulos. Yeah. Diamantopoulos. Uh, his, the character's name is Doug Woods. Doug you may, Woods. That's you awesome. may recognize this actor if you watch Silicon Valley. I haven't seen anything else with him. I don't no, think. Me neither. But uh, he plays uh, Russ Hanneman, the the eccentric billionaire on Silicon Valley, and he's very funny. And honestly, I think he's he's pretty good in this. Yeah. Well, I think I most think his- of the, the most of the movie is uh, just him. In the woods, and so you need to be able to have someone uh, charismatic enough to to keep you watching for all I was, that. And I, I actually, I actually thought he did a very solid performance. He I would was, agree. the The times that were really corny was not his his performance; it was the script. I, I think I think this is an instance of the actor being better than the material that he's reading. Which is a shame that uh, he got rubbed up into this. I've never even heard of the uh, the director before this. He's directed two other movies. Adam the- Adam Massey, I right? Think, who also um, wrote it, and I believe he is uh, from Canada. And there's just one of those those Canadian horror movies. Uh, but this this certainly ain't no ravenous. But it ain't trying to be. No, so, well, which works. It's, out. it's better. It's better than ravenous. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, because the. Um, of of course, since this is a horror movie, once he finds himself alone in the woods, strange things begin to occur, and he has to find oh, ways to survive outside of what he wanted to do in the show. So what happens when he's finally put to the test, uh, when it's a matter of life or death? Well, what I, what I really liked about this movie like one of the things that did actually work really well for me is it's not done solely through like his documentary cameras like it does have a like an an omniscient uh third person yeah camera. they could have they could have very easily made this a found, a found footage. footage yeah so <laughs> they they mixed and matched that and 
what I think worked really well about that was how there's sort of this dichotomy of this like uh, charming, charismatic guy uh, that he puts on for for the documentary, and then his actual uh, persona where he's like getting freaked out because all this weird stuff is happening and the way that they mix and match those two where he's like legitimately trying to survive but then still film this like fun documentary Survivor Man style show. Right, because, well, as his brother who is on this uh, this expedition with them, I guess his brother's the producer. Right, that he tells him at a diner before they head off that he needs to, like, watch his ego, like, before, like, apparently just has to cut down on fart jokes and, and things like that, which... Yeah, he tells him to take it seriously. Yeah, I... And maybe it's because they just had that moment, but they don't do a whole lot to set... Well, like, he... When he leaves, he doesn't say goodbye to his daughter or his wife, but... They don't do a whole lot for me to really think that he's that much of an asshole. It just no, seems like he one of those. Seem like an asshole at all. It's just one it. of those things where they like they tell you and they trust you to just be like, okay, b- like I'll believe you. The sure. only the only times they start to get at that a little bit is when we see some of his just like general ineptitude. <laughs> oh yeah, where, where, like the, as soon as they drop him off, as he's stepping off the boat, he immediately slips and like gets his foot wet. Oh my god! Right and no, then, just immediately. <laughs> and then as he's setting up his shelter, yeah, that's he immediately the... gets an enormous nasty splinter in his under his thumb. Right, and first, like I, I had to wind it back because I couldn't figure out what had happened. He's like putting branches on top of a fallen log, and as he's pushing them down, he manages to... And it's huge! It's, like, almost as big as his, like, fingernail, and it stabs, like... Like, Way like an inch there. inside. Yeah. And... It's like, wow, this guy really doesn't... <laughs> he's going to have a lot of trouble yeah, here. Yeah, he does not seem very good at this whole survival maybe that's thing. why. Maybe that's why the ratings have floundered, that <laughs> he just doesn't know how to survive well. No, I, he's a fucking dingus. I can only imagine, like, each episode ends with him, like, battered and bruised. Like, <laughs> he's like, guys, this didn't go well. <laughs> I couldn't verse the wild. <laughs> I couldn't verse the wild, yeah. guys. Um, I mean, when stuff starts to go wrong, it's, or get weird, I should say, it's, it's a pretty slow escalation for the most part. Well, we, we get introduced to the, uh, um, his first night when he's finally set up camp, there's a a rumbling and it's one of those very clearly like after effects put on the camera, uh, shakiness and like video distortion. Just like it's like video distortion you'd see on a VHS tape where it's like this is a GoPro, so it just looks weird, and um, that that should have been our, our first sign because this, our first um, indication that something was wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah, which it reveals itself so much more in the movie. But he, well, yeah, he find he sees uh, a big like clearing blasted into the trees, and the, that leads down into the lake, and there's all these like dead fish floating in the lake and i think it was at this point or slightly before right no just before that moment you're you had 
uh, said that we should take bets to figure out what the uh, the creature would be. And I said wolf creature. I thought it'd just be some some beast type thing in the woods. But you and said, I said and I said aliens. And, and then was, the next scene, I was partially, <laughs> I was, I was mostly joking. I think. Because I really didn't want it to be aliens, <laughs> but it's aliens. Yeah, and it's aliens. It's aliens, and I was like, "Oh man, that's such a good prediction." Like you're probably right. And then that scene when we see the craters is like, "Oh, oh yeah, you are definitely right." Well, yeah. Also, when he goes to uh, check one of his traps that he yes. set up, and there's this weird, like, oily. Uh, Iridescent, rainbowy that glitters when you touch it. That glitters, yeah. It looks like black paint that somebody dumped a bunch of glitter into. <laughs> Uh, and as soon as we saw that, it was like, okay, yes, it's definitely aliens. If there was any doubt before this point, it's it's aliens, right? And so from this point on. You're you're saying that, oh, well, is this just, like, Predator then? Well, no, this alien is so much more boring (laughs) than what Predator did. I didn't didn't even think about uh, the Predator connection at first for a while. Like, even after we had determined that it was aliens, it seems like this alien is, like, studying him and his survival techniques and, and, like, mimicking them. We see that the alien has also set up a camp similar to, uh, to Doug's with, uh, this this soda can trick that he learned. Using the soda can to, uh, start a fire, which I guess they ripped directly off of, uh, Survivor Survivor Man. Man. Yep. Well, hey, so if this movie uh, does anything, it does try to teach you survival tactics. So, hey, there you go. You can take something away from the movie. And he discovers a uh, a leaning rock trap, uh, exactly like the ones that he's been setting up, but much bigger. Yes. And to... he finds, like, a skinned wolf that he sees earlier. So he he, of course, just assumes... That there's like uh like a crazy uh like hillbilly like woodsman right or some there, sort like, of obsessed him. fan that uh, he's just like I love your show so much can you survive me and my knives <laughs> and I thought this this uh, concept of the alien like studying him and learning and mimicking his survival techniques I thought that was really interesting and I was on board for a while, despite some some very generic, silly horror movie stuff. Despite all of that stuff, like, I, I was still on board for a little while. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is an interesting concept. I was impressed enough with the lead actor's performance, especially not having anybody to act off of, mostly just monologuing, and being able to switch between... Uh, peppy reality show host and like holy shit I need to do something like there's something bad going on here I thought that all was really good The for me what I was really hoping for at this point was this to give the alien some sort of purpose I was hoping that they could they could explain like what it exactly it was doing in the woods and why they're even there on the planet and they do explain it they do give a reason at and it's a for me not a great explanation no well let's let's build up to that because i i definitely want to talk about 
when he has yes. his first encounter with the alien face to face. Right. For most of this movie, it is the alien seemingly just toying with Doug. He steals his satellite phone and uh, Doug finds it at the alien's camp uh, dismantled and... He carries around a chessboard because I guess he plays chess with himself. But the alien starts making moves as well. So I guess this Which alien... Which is really stupid. Yes, this alien knows this... <laughs> the alien is Bobby Fischer, knows how to play and apparently just, play really well. Yeah, just from watching him at night, I guess it figures out all of the specific moves that each piece can make. Right, which is because... Gen- genius chess savant alien Because he here. doesn't even, like, move anything during that, and so... It no, just- he just comes back and sees the chessboard, and he's like, wait, I didn't make those moves. Yeah, that's and he's, a- like, studying the board, and it's like... Oh my god, he's so good at chess. I do I, I did think the performance was good, but there was a lot of those moments where it was written in just for the audience where he had to say plainly like I didn't do that. Like that wasn't set up by me. <laughs> right. Well well like I said the the stupid stuff is more at, at the the fault of the script than the right. actual performance. Oh yeah, because like there's just certain dialogue that you cannot make sound convincing. But this ramps up, and the alien just uh, seems to be uh, getting closer and closer. And when he finally, during one of the last days, he has a fire set up for smoke signals. Uh, the alien uh, finally attacks him, and we uh, I don't think we see a lot of the alien at that point. We don't see anything of the alien at that point. He he just gets hit with he like just this. gets blasted by this big sonic beam or something and knocked off a cliff into the lake. And when he's underwater, we see the suggestion of the alien spaceship underwater from the perspective of his GoPro. Like, at this point, like, that was really dumb, and I'm like, oh no, this is starting to get schlocky, but it still hadn't lost me yet, because we hadn't seen the alien yet. They are still trying to keep it subtle and hidden. And then he manages, somehow, uh, after a montage of him running frantically through the woods, which I'm convinced was not actually him, I'm pretty sure it was his stunt double, because... (laughs) It didn't look like him. Like, it was shaky cam, and he was running, and there were trees in the way and stuff, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't him. The stunt double had longer hair than right. he did. Well, he was probably a bit of a... There was another scene early on where a rabbit is being skinned, and it's very clear that... It's somebody it, else's it's hands. It's someone else's hands, and so he's probably like, well, I'm not going to do that, which is reasonable, and then running in the woods, he's like, well, I'm not I mean, going yeah, to do that. <laughs> but, so he manages to make it to the camp where his crew is staying, which I guess is several miles away. Right, which I thought that they were at, they were at like, like a hotel or something. Like yeah, I, I thought they were a lot farther away. Right, turns out they were just like, yeah, I'm just around They're the just area. Camping. And as he's sprinting towards their, uh, their camp, he falls in a very large hole. Yes, like and, a yeah, like a like a like a deep pit, <laughs> and he manages to be 
pretty much completely uninjured except for a big gash on his arm, but no broken bones or anything. Yeah, let's go. Usually, if something like that happens in a movie, that's when you you give your character like a real bad like crippling injury just as another obstacle. But with him, it's just more he just rips off his his um his shirt. And uh, maybe it was just to show a little bit of those muscles on the sides. Yeah, but he just, he just climbs out. So I was kind of confused by that. It was I just mean, a, at least the whole the whole does get payoff later. So yeah, I think that's I, the, I think that's the only real point that why they showed that. But he goes down to the camp and he finds his brother strung up by his feet, hanging from a tree, uh, barely alive. And when he goes to try to get the radio and signal for help, when he comes back, he sees the alien finally. And at this point, uh, this is really when it starts to go downhill. Well, and it's it's because the effects are so bad. Like I don't I don't know why they didn't just try to do practical if they didn't have if it was gonna look this if they didn't I I mean this this is like. The alien is completely CG, and it's the kind of CG that you'd see on, like, a sci-fi original movie from, like, 10, 15 years ago. (laughs) Like, I watched a lot of those when I was a kid on TV, and up till this point, this movie had not given me, like, a sci-fi original vibe. But as soon as they reveal the alien, and it just looks... So bad. Yeah, because like most of the movie, otherwise, it probably gives a a vibe closer to the ritual. I know you had mentioned earlier, just like that being stuck in the woods with this being hunted by something. But when that happens, it's like, (laughs) am I watching a completely different movie? It did. It did feel like a completely different movie. And it's at that point where it totally lost me. Like, I was willing to to hold on to some hope for this being a decent movie up till this point. The alien chases him for a little while. He does this very stupid thing where he's hiding under a rock. Oh my god, right. And the alien is standing on top of the rock, and he throws his chessboard off to one side to distract it, but then immediately, as soon as he throws it, sprints in the other direction, so the alien just sees him running out. It, like, immediately. Well, and it's not because the alien could very clearly see that it was being tossed from below it. Because right. it, it could see the, the where it was being tossed from. And so it's just, when I when he first pulled out the chessboard, I thought, oh, he's going to try and battle it. He's going to challenge <laughs> the alien to a game of chess. Right, because they've already shown that the, the alien likes to play it. But If nope. I win, you let me live. If you win, you can kill me. Right, no, they decide to satisfy that chess thing in a way worse way surprisingly but as he's running the alien does a very horrible cgi leap towards oh my him. god and it's like sped up too so yeah. it looks like extremely like so corny choppy. like all of it like it my looks god. it looks very bad and uh he stuns it with his camera flash oh yes right and very uh signs-esque uh, the the one minuscule uh weakness that's like come on it it yeah, the the bright flashing light uh, confuses its advanced alien and it's not like equipment. It's not like there's been anything to set that up for the alien beforehand. He just he just tries it and it works. Right, and it just <laughs> happens to work. And then the alien falls in the hole, and he throws he just a, starts throwing, just boulders. throwing boulders down on top of it. 
<laughs> just letting gravity do most of the work. And it's like, at this point, now it has just become a Predator knockoff. Because the alien is like... Obviously, extremely technologically advanced, and it has. We see that it has skinned his other friends, and they keep doing that alien vision thing too. Which and they keep doing the alien vision, which does look bad. Whereas with the predator, they just did thermal vision, which works much better, I think. But at this point, it's like, okay, this is just a fucking predator knockoff. And I thought he was gonna just kill the alien, and then that would be the end of the movie. He sets up this camera and he does like a like a last goodbye to his wife and daughter. And I'm like, okay, surely this is the end of the movie. And then it's not. They decide they need to show his uh, his journey back to civilization. And you wonder, oh, why are they doing this? Because this can't there can't be anything exciting left to happen. But, oh boy, they still have more exposition to drop on you. And when he makes his way to, it's like the house of the one of the locals that drove them over there. Or, you know, that bo- boated them <laughs> over yeah, there. This guy who sort of, like, lives in the middle of nowhere as, like, a hermit. Uh, he manages to make it to this guy's house. Or, uh, I guess we should say trailer. It's basically just like a tin shack. <laughs> right. And when he walks in, I guess the dude has every piece of electronics in his house connected to one uh, power strip because he turns on the power strip and all of the lights and music and starts blaring and the TV comes on. It's like, so does this guy just like when he leaves, just turn off all the power to his house? Right, it was, maybe that's, like, more more energy efficient. <laughs> like, this guy gets it, this guy lives green. <laughs> but it's like, to have the music and the TV come on with all of the lights is very dumb. But uh, Doug sits down at the TV, and after adjusting the rabbit ears, he comes across a uh, an emergency news broadcast, which is just a guy standing in front of a bad green screen. Right, and we find out that the that this is an alien invasion that's been going on. It's not just this one alien that crashed, that uh, the whole world is being attacked. And the reason why this alien crashed in the woods in the first place was because they had managed to shoot down a couple ships as they were flying across the sky. So you thought this was just going to be some... Uh, some uh, weird force attacking this poor person thing. No, it turns out this is a War of the Worlds, and uh, this guy is our Tom Cruise. But and the the news report is very bad because it's extremely heavy handed exposition, and it's just this guy set against a, a green screen that shows like the ruins of a city or something and it it's the same like really bad CG as the alien. I do and love it doesn't look convincing at all. I love that kind of stuff. You always see it in movies where there's 
chaos in the cities where there's always a news reporter still on site. It's still like, what a commitment. Journalistic to the job. integrity. <laughs> right. Still committed to bringing you the news. They're still hoping. It's like, no, don't worry. Under the Geneva Convention, mm-hmm. shooting me is a war crime. That's so right. That's the, right. <laughs> the aliens will, will, will spare me. I'm, the aliens will I'm not shoot you this. under the Geneva Convention. But realizing this, Doug Woods remembers that he has a wife and he's like, oh shit, Joan. Oh my wife. <laughs> yeah, and he 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 hops into this um this local's boat, and then that's when the guy pops up with a shotgun, and it's like, well, He's where's... Like, where are you stealing my boat? And it's not clear if he knows what's going on. If he had known that an alien invasion was occurring, I don't think he'd be acting that way. Well, and yeah, so he's like, what's going on here? Why are you stealing my boat? Or, uh, sorry, I, this is the Canadian wilderness. Why are you stealing my boat, eh? <laughs> and it's it's just one of those things, like, uh, well, it, it doesn't really matter if he knows or not, because as... Uh, he's got the shotgun, a shotgun trained on, uh, on, on Doug. Um, the alien that had been crushed before with the rocks turns out to still be alive, and he just kind of smashes the just sort of swats him, right? He just kind of just hits him, and it's like limping down towards the dock very slowly, and Doug sees that this boat has an extremely long. Uh, extended motor. I on thought it. that was weird. I like. I'm like. Do I think boat motors was, actually look like that? I think there was kind of an explanation at the beginning when they were when he was uh the guy was dropping them off. He's like, oh man, this is quite a rig. He's like, oh yeah, I need it for uh, the shallows or whatever. Uh, something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's got this extremely long extended motor and. Uh, coincidentally enough, after just watching Piranha 3D for our last episode, uh, Dougie uses this motor to to chop up the alien. Yes, in a just fantastic, uh, gory, uh, still like there. There's some practical stuff actually in that moment, like with guts and stuff. So yeah, some so. of the some of the alien guts are practical, but the alien itself still looks very bad. Yes, no, still still very very bad. And when it is finally murdered, of course, uh, to bring it all together, Doug says, Checkmate! <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, cool, you set that up, and the fact that you did something with that means that this movie's good now, right? The chess, the chess reference, we had to have it. Right, see, running from an alien in the woods is like chess. You gotta know how to play your pieces. <laughs> you gotta know how to checkmate that alien. Yeah. And then, at this point... I think he just uh, he just like rides off in the boat, and as he's riding off, the camera pans up to the sky, and we see hundreds of other ships, uh, to be assumed, uh, crashing into the Earth to show this is just the beginning. Oh my god! I, I can't wait for the sequel. Right? Yeah, man versus aliens. This, this one was man versus. The next one will be men versus. <laughs> yeah, okay. Damn, you already if you're listening to Adam Massey, this is this is the best move for you. Just credit me as a writer, Adam Massey. I don't need any money, that's okay. Uh so this is a movie that it 
had promise and it wasn't really doing uh, I don't think it was terribly exciting for its beginning but it still had potential there was still potential was, for it to go places it was intriguing i was like i was i was on board i was dubious at times but like I was on board for most of this movie, even after the opening credit sequence that looked like it was ripped directly from The Walking Dead. Oh, that's right. The title. Yeah, the intros. God. And visual effects by Smith. Smith. Just Smith. And it's like right as there's a music sting. So it's like, oh, wow. How, um, <laughs> and, and, how and appropriate. Maybe he just wanted to be credited as Smith. Because he knew he was very bad at visual effects, <laughs> and he didn't want anybody to know who he actually is. Right, so just the most so, general, uh, Smith, anyone can be a Smith. Good job, Smith, your alien looked like shit. Yeah, <laughs> right, for real. Uh, this is, it's just uh, a letdown, unfortunately, because honestly, the whole, like, jumping between his GoPro and the, the like, the omniscient camera view didn't bother me as much as... I think it would in some other movies. No, I thought I legitimately thought that that was handled well because there was there was a dichotomy in how his character was played between the two uh shooting styles. So I felt like by choosing to do both, you were we were actually getting something different out of each. So in that sense it was motivated. So I had no problem with that and I mean, this movie is an hour and 27 minutes long. It feels more like an hour 45. Yeah, especially but, with that uh, once the alien, uh, the first alien encounter occurs, the rest of it just... Oh my god. It, cut cut all of that out. Yeah. We didn't need that. We don't need this to be a giant alien invasion, and we don't need this journey for him to like go back home. We can assume that that was his plan anyway afterwards. It's just... Like, I I think you could cut out 30 minutes of this movie and have a, a solid 50-minute to an hour uh, short feature. I think that, uh, that that problem, again, with, like, what the alien is, is actually doing, if it were to end after that first <laughs> fight when he drops the rocks on it, that would have still been like super I would, disappointing No, that, that still would have been rough. Well, cause I, so I, I don't ever, I don't ever want to see the alien. Honestly, I think this movie's uh, strength is when there's ambiguity for a lot of it. I'm like, it's intriguing because I don't know exactly what's happening and to leave it more open ended, I think would have been fine. The fact is that by the last 30 minutes, it feels like it has to over-explain everything that it's set up to that point. Right, just to finally uh, give the audience something. Because that's, that's, that's what really gets me. I don't think there was enough for me. And then when they started to try and give more, it was just really unsatisfying. Yes, it was, it was a, a pretty big letdown. I think it had a lot of good potential. Yeah, and that's 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 more to the shame of it, honestly. Like, if it had just been dumb and schlocky from the beginning, it might have at least been entertaining. But the <laughs> fact, but the fact that it tries to get you to take it seriously for the majority of the movie, which I was, I was taking it seriously, to have that totally corny super schlocky payoff that just was really totally inconsistent with the rest of the movie made it 
feel almost a little bit insulting to the viewer, I think. You want to you wanna write this? Yeah, I'd say we should just go ahead and jump into it. Well, as we had said, that there are good things in it, but really, by the time that the ending starts to reveal itself, it just really goes downhill. The creature effects are laughable, and any sort of investment that you may have had in the movie up until that point just gets thrown away when that's uh, revealed. So I'm going to have to go with the two and a half. For me, it uh, it was a disappointment. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much on board with that. Like, halfway through the movie, I was still... I still cared about it enough that I was thinking... Uh, of going with maybe like a like a three or a three and a half, but it just does one stupid thing after another, and every time that it should end, it doesn't, and it just continues to double down on its bullshit. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna give it a two and a half to like a very middling two and a half. I can't really recommend watching this movie even for the good things that it does just because it's uh it's so disappointing so uh that's a a unanimous two and a half out of five pods from me and eugene see this movie or don't i guess whatever yeah and that's really as much as we can say hey Netflix still has a massive catalog of all kinds of movies to explore, and there are a lot of duds, but there are a lot of surprises as well. I've certainly seen my fair share of uh, very enjoyable Netflix experiences. Hey, I would I would say if you're looking for a Netflix movie where someone's lost in the woods and they're being hunted, definitely watch The Ritual over this. Right. Despite, despite how The Ritual also had kind of a, a weak payoff... Uh, atmospherically, it's much better and much better structured. Uh, I, I would say that if anything, uh, man versus might have given me a bigger appreciation for the ritual. <laughs> right. Cause it can always be done worse. And, uh, yeah, exactly. It can that. always be done worse. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine if the creature in the ritual was like an awful CG thing? Like, Something, something akin I mean, to it, this. It, it was, it was partially CG, but it looked a much better. Yes, yeah. even though it was kind of a weird, dumb design. It was uh, <laughs> better than whatever this it, like oh, way better moldy ass lizard type like creature we had in this. I couldn't even look at it for the most part. No, it was it just so, so terrible. It was it was so unappealing to the eyes. It was like a, a bad mishmash of nonsense. Yeah, I vomit. Really. I really, really. <laughs> though uh Uh, shit well this will bring an end to our our casual uh two boys only review yeah the cash bash the cash bash uh this is our last episode that we're recording in milwaukee by the time this drops we will already have moved but uh we're gonna be it's it's a it's a sad time uh so we're gonna be taking uh a couple of weeks off uh, not not from our our schedule. There will still be a new episode next week. I'm eighty to ninety percent sure, uh, but I don't know what it'll be yet. We'll we'll be uh, we'll be figuring that stuff out for you. So stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. 
If you like the show, don't forget to please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you get your fine podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at PodPeoplePod or send us an email at PodPeoplePod at gmail.com. Also check out our Letterboxd page for a complete list of every movie we've talked about on the show as well as a corresponding link to the episode. So if you haven't listened to something, you can find links to it there. That's uh, letterboxd.com, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D dot com slash pod people pod. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome if that's your jam. The show is produced and scored by Benny Boy, who will be back next week, and it is edited by me. Eugene, any final thoughts? Keep on searching for good movies out there. There's always something. If you ever feel like there's nothing good to watch, you gotta just take a step back and uh, watch the same thing that you've been watching 20 times over. So Tell us what you're watching. Let us know what we should watch. If you come across something good, especially if it's a, uh, a rare gem, then we'd love to hear about it. So keep us posted, and uh, you might hear your recommendation on the show. All right. Thank you, as always, for listening. And this is the Pod People signing off for the last time from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Eugene Lundin. And uh, if Ben was here, we know that he would uh, give a good send-off as well. So until next time, keep watching those scary movies, and don't watch Man Versus. Fuck it.